0: This fucking guy. Hello, my salted mackerels. Welcome to This Fucking Guy, a podcast about self care. If self care is one long scream into the void, here is where we
1: use expletives and alcohol to emotionally process the creeps, the jerks, the shitbags, pretty much everybody that compose the shitty elevator music of our lives. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, Ren Martinez. And I'm Dominic the Christmas Donkey, Ginger Gollum.
0: Did you have a lovely holiday season, Ginger? I did, and I I, I do want to apologize to all 13 of our listeners (laughs) for um, taking a little bit of an unannounced hiatus. I announced it. It was on Twitter. It was on Twitter. I don't think, like, my father is on Twitter. I mean, certainly I told him, but... (laughs) I just kind of assumed that all of our listeners are my parents'
1: friends, which just may or may not be true. I mean, (laughs) I think that they make up a certain proportion of our our listenership, which is greatly appreciated. We
0: appreciate you so much. Thanks, Uncle Leon. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so uh, we are back after a little bit of a hiatus. We are uh, super excited about our topics, but...
1: To get us started, is there anything you need to scream into the void, right? Well, I do want to recall this story. Um, so we spent a Christmas with my sister's family, um, and the next day, the so the 26th, uh-huh. we went to my grandmother's house uh, to open some gifts. My uncle and aunt were there, uh, and... We decided, we were like, well, let's open up the gifts from the people who are here. So, like, when everybody else comes on Saturday, you can open those in front of them. So we mm-hmm. opened up the gifts, and it was like, ooh, uh, candles, whatever. And then my mom was like, all right, Abuela, like, we're going to open up the rest on Saturday. She's like, no, those are my presents. I am opening them right now. <laughs> but don't you want to wait until the people who gave them are here? with?" No. Abuela. did um, does not want to wait. <laughs> she does not want to wait. So she um so we're like, all right, fine. So we you know, she opens I forget what the first thing was. Um I think it was a blouse and she was fine. She was like, Oh, it's lovely, it's a blouse. And then she opened up a gift from my uncle and it was towels, really nice towels, really plush lovely towels. And my mom was like, Oh, this is so nice, abuela, you can get rid of your old towels and have new ones. She's like I need towels like I need a hole in the head. (laughs) Why do I want towels? I do not need towels. (laughs) I'm like, 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 Abuela, it's not that serious. He's like, no, I don't need these. And then we're like, all right, let's move on. And then she opens up something for my mom. My mom made her, she does this every year. She made her a mug with her grandchildren on it. So my Abuela's great-grandchildren. And Abuela's like, why are you giving me this? Why did Why did your Why did your daughter not give me this? You can't give me this. This means nothing from you. I have to get it from her. Why are you giving? And we're like, Abuela, chill, chill the fuck out. <laughs> like you are being super ornery. You're gonna have to calm down. Like bring it down to bring it down. Calm your tits. Like seriously. But it was honestly the funniest thing. <laughs> me and my cousins are like. <laughs> And my husband definitely was like, you know, I've, I've hung out with Abuela a lot and she can definitely be a little, uh, touchy being 93, but she, she was wild and, she was wild and out. I am just always going to be a little sad that I don't have a tiny Puerto Rican Abuela. She's, I mean, she is precious and adorable, but also cranky pants. (laughs) So, I mean, my grandmother was cranky pants in German. (laughs) It's a very different cranky. It's a very different
0: cranky. Puerto Rican cranky is like, oh, abuela. German cranky is like, look at
1: Poland. My other grandmother was Polish so I understand this Sorry. entirely. Sorry. <laughs> oh goodness. So that was that's my uh, that's my holiday story that I wanted oh, to boy. share with everybody. Well, thank you for that. Uh, but now that we've screamed a little bit, I think it's time we get to therapy. All right, Ginger. You're relaxing. You're you're on the couch. Yeah. yeah. This is a safe space. I'm here. Tell me about This fucking guy. Okay, so you want to hear about a dead asshole? I definitely want to hear about a dead asshole. Well, I
0: I took some feedback that you gave me um, when we talked about this recently, and you you pointed out that recently you've been doing some episodes that aren't necessarily, like, of this fucking guy, but of this fucking thing. And you Mm -hmm. suggested that I do the same. I wasn't really sure... Um, how that was going to work out with something historical, but then I thought about my favorite thing, or rather, least favorite thing that nobody seems to fucking know about, and there's like no information, but maybe like five semi-related Wikipedia pages about it. So sorry for research, um, Ram.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you know how capitalism's the worst? I mean, I'm familiar. (laughs) I live here. Um. You live here. It has come up. (laughs) I've heard of it.
0: Uh, It turns out it's pretty much always been the worst. Oh, good. Uh, In the late 1800s, the Industrial Revolution was like, hell yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do this thing. So more than ever... Coal was really important to fuel industry and ultimately capitalism in the United States and also everywhere.
1: So, coal has always been the problem, is what I'm hearing. I mean, it's not not been the problem. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, other than, like, how
0: Santa is going to warn warn shitty kids, like, not to fuck with them. Like, that's a fairly good use of it, but, you know, otherwise... Um, So, fueling industrialism in the United States, fueling capitalism abroad, we're going to stick in the United States here, it fueled the factories that were making goods and Mm -hmm. fueled the trains to move those goods and make that good, good money. And we are going to also uh, set aside the horrific environmental implications of coal for this episode. Oh. I know it's bad. (laughs) I was like, that's pretty integral. (laughs) <laughs> to to coal as a whole well, I know it I know it's bad I know it's terrible I know it's killing the earth but this isn't about that
1: this isn't okay this because, isn't about
0: killing the earth because if we were going to be super hardcore team environment as I tend to be uh we would probably be anti-coal miner and it's more nuanced than that and we're okay. not gonna be anti-coal miner for this episode okay so coal bosses were shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I don't know if <laughs> That you seems ca- fair. I don't know if you can imagine such a thing.
1: Oh no uh, Le- leaving industrialists <laughs> being terrible people that seems so
0: fake, so fake. Um, throughout the United States but especially in Appalachia, uh, I don't know if it was actually especially in Appalachia but I've decided to say
1: it was so this is this is the news I term. believe you mm. I- I'm here to, to let you speak about things that you know sure
0: <laughs> especially in appalachia coal companies established company towns which were towns where they owned uh like the means of production and all the yeah. businesses and all the housing yeah
1: um with their own currency known as coal script i i i'm recalling this this is all coming back to me now <laughs>
0: By paying, not better. But by, by paying workers in Script that they could only use in these like associated businesses, um, like it wasn't great. No, uh, they were keeping all of the money within the company and um, pretty much prevented miners from being able to quit because if you don't have any real money, you can't pick up and move. Because I don't think that they were Colscript U U
1: hauls. Um, right. No, yeah, it's definitely, like, essentially slavery, but, like, we're not gonna call it that. It's going to the company store. The company store.
0: So, the company could treat people pretty much however they wanted, and people didn't have a lot of recourse. And a whole lot of people were affected by this. At their peak, which was sometime in the past—I hate when these things are not fucking specific in my research— um, but three percent of the whole U.S. population lived in company towns. That's that's really high. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. Plus, you can imagine that the health conditions in coal company towns were pretty shit because, like, what?
1: coal, what everywhere? I am so shocked. This is my shocked face. It looks like my face, much <laughs> like your face.
0: <laughs> So, American coal miners were understandably really motivated to unionize. And coal companies were, like, really
1: motivated to not let the miners unionize. What? That's not a thing that happens anymore. So, all
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who would think of such a thing? What? Um, We live in a labor utopia now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this was happening across the country, but I'm going to stick with the West Virginia stuff because the topic is broad and I think this is more interesting personally. If anybody in Colorado wants to tweet at me then, you know. Do it. The West Virginia Cold Wars
1: started. Ooh, it's a war. They're wars now. Ooh. The West Virginia Cold War started. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me crack my beer. Let me crack. Loudly and into the microphone. Oh Oh, yeah. yeah. Sonically unpleasant. That's how you know. That's how you know that I'm getting ready for the the coal
0: wars. So, like, because it wasn't an armed conflict with another country where, like, people had to go very far away, it's a little hard to, like, pinpoint an actual date, but, um, Wikipedia, thank you, Wikipedia, please consider donating, starts the West Virginia Coal Wars with West Virginia's Paint Creek
1: Cabin Creek Strike of 1912. That sounds like an exercise I did at the beginning of theater class. Paint to... Creek, and Creek, C- Paint, Paint Creek, Cabin, Cabin Creek. Creek, Paint Creek. I can't do it. I can't do it. And i I've red leather, yellow leather. I'm like a quarter
0: of a boulder rock in. Jesus Christ. Um, West Virginia miners started joining up with United Mine Workers, which I'm going to be referring on on and off as UMW because it's shorter, mm-hmm. um, about 20 years before the strike, but not a lot of miners joined up because, you know, people are brainwashed against their own interests, I guess. Sounds like capitalism. Sounds like capitalism. <laughs> but there was this little bitty enclave of unionized miners between the Paint Creek and the Cabin Creek in West Virginia. That's why it's called the Paint Creek Hatting Creek Union. In March 1912, Paint Creek UMW miners attempted to renegotiate their contracts for higher pay and automatic union dues. Like that sounds great. Fairly fair. In response, a number of Paint Creek mines withdrew their recognition of UMW as a union altogether. You can do that.
1: Just be like you're not a union anymore.
0: They did. Uh, so the union, okay. the union called a strike on April eighteenth, nineteen twelve. Their demands, their highly unreasonable demands, were that the operators of the mines accept and recognize the union. Okay. That the miners' right to free speech and peaceably assemble be restored. Okay. First Amendment, and that compulsory trading at company stores be ended. Okay, and then there was some other
1: shit about like weighing coal, and I all of this over. all of this sounds uh, completely unreasonable, like super unfair. Yeah, like how dare you take this coal baron for every penny he has, asking him for basic rights? Like I don't understand how you can be so selfish. They should probably be
0: branded and run out of town. <laughs>
1: United Mine Workers was
0: supportive of the strikes and set up tent camps for miners and their families who had uh, mostly been evicted without warning.
1: Because the bosses were like, you're on strike, so you can't use company housing. Well, it's also like, particularly like, you're on strike, so let me get rid of your family. Like, let's affect your family. Let's affect
0: your family, first and foremost. Mm.
1: But things stayed like...
0: Pretty non-violent for a month, because there was, like, the Tensity and United Mine Workers. How long do you think the strike actually lasted? It's been 84 years. (laughs) (laughs) It lasted 13 months. Okay. That's a long time. Possibly more than 13 months. I heard somebody be like, it was a year and a half, and I heard somebody be like, it was under a year, and I was like, bitch, there are dates. Mm Mm-hmm. Math. And I got 13 months out of that math. So the mining companies got to strike breakin'. They hired um, agents and armed guards to suppress the strike, including 300 agents from the Baldwin Feltz Detective Agency. A detective agency? It's like the Pinkerton
1: detectives. Oh. Where they're detectives with big air quotes around it. Detectives, meaning we have baseball bats. Meaning goons. Yeah. Yeah. The Goon Squad. The Goon
0: Squad. Uh, so, Baldwin Felt's Detective Agency, just keep that one in your back pocket. Sure. <laughs> she's, she's putting her hand into ooh, her non-existent ooh, pockets. You wore it's... leggings. You have no pockets. So, striking miners and their families... It gets worse than just being kicked out of the housing. Striking miners and their families were prohibited from using company bridges and roads. Are you... you...
1: You are kidding me, right? As
0: well as public utilities like water. So that was cool.
1: Okay. <laughs> Remember, thirteen months of this bullshit. I bet Ayn Rand got such a boner if he read about such this. Just like, oh yes. Hi. Oh, if only there was a building in there somewhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there, yeah, there's not a whole lot well, actually now there is a whole lot of like really bleak post-apocalyptic looking architecture in West Virginia, but I don't know that there was at the time. Yeah. Company guards killed several miners over the first few months of the strike and constructed Brace yourself. I'm bracing. They constructed a machine gun equipped armored train known as the Bull Moose
1: Special. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? what? Oh my god, there were so many words in that statement that should not go together. It's it's a machine gun train. Armored train. Armored train. The Bull Moose Special. Yeah. Meant to mow down miners and their families asking to have water.
0: They use the Bull Moose Special to fire upon the tent camps of striking workers.
1: Man, you know, I'm just thinking about like, I've never heard about this, and I'm thinking I've got a pretty decent public school education. <sighs> Miners, <sighs> with the
0: support of labor activist Mother Jones and the social party in yeah! s- the Socialist Party of America, oh, oh, because oh. suck at <laughs> West Virginia. <clears throat> <clears throat> Anyway. Uh, Acquired weapons and retaliated against the mining company guards. Sounds
1: awesome. Sounds
0: awesome. I'm into it. In July, Mother Jones rallied the workers and made her way through armed guards to persuade another group of miners in Eskdale? Probably Eskdale, West Virginia, to join the strike and organize a secret march of 3,000 armed miners to the steps of the state capitol in Charleston to read a declaration of war to Governor William E. Glasscock. Everything about that just brings me so much joy. It's like the opposite of the Bull Moose special sentence. It's like, <laughs> right? it's like everything in this. There were how many? How they were many? organized by who? Oh. The governor's name was Glasscock. <laughs>
1: Pretty sure you can get that as a dildo. Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) This is the Glasscock.
0: (laughs) Uh, In September 1912, again, just to say it, West Virginia Governor William E. Glasscock (laughs) declared martial law and sent 1,200 state troops to confiscate weapons and ammunition and attempted to quell the rising tensions between miners and mining companies. Oh, God. This actually, like, you can take your hand off your face. This part actually worked fairly well-ish. Okay. In uh, stem the murders. That's true. Less murders. There good. were less murders. Less murder is good. Uh, Mother Jones, however, was arrested in February, uh, the following February, and charged in military court for inciting a riot, reportedly for attempting to read the Declaration of Independence. What a badass. And later, she was charged with conspiracy to commit murder. S- still a badass. <laughs> she refused to recognize the jurisdiction of the military court and wouldn't even enter a plea. Badass. Ugh. She was sentenced to 20 years in the state penitentiary... In the state penitentiary? Nope. The
1: penitentiary. In the <laughs> state penitentiary. <laughs> in the state This is why you have to say, like, West Cabin, Yellow Cabin, or whatever the fuck it was. Paint Creek Cabin Creek. Paint, Paint Creek, Creek Cabin, Cabin Creek. Creek. Uh, she
0: immediately, like, caught pneumonia. Um, and in March 1913, a new governor named Hatfield took office, thank God, um, because... William E. Glasscock was a real dildo at the end of all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Just (laughs) didn't. So Hatfield took office and decided to shut this shit down, but not in the killing minors sort of way. Thank you, sir. Cool. He transferred Mother Jones to a hospital for her pneumonia. Wow, um, what a thing you should have already done. And presented strikers with a relatively good deal known as the Hatfield Contract, um, which workers signed in May ending the strike. Mm -hmm. Now, I feel like it would be a disservice not to mention that the governor did tell workers that they had to either sign the contract or be deported from the state.
1: Okay, so... But
0: but at the very least, it did protect uh, them from backlash for their membership in unions, I guess. Overall, more than 50 people were killed during the strike. Um, And after that, shit calmed down for like a good while. There was like seven years where there wasn't like anything super major happening uh
1: but, but they kept that bull moose special in the backyard somewhere
0: waiting. uh but then in april 1920 a shitload of miners mm-hmm. in Matewan, west virginia joined the united mine workers of america in retaliation their employer the burnwell coal and coke company it's not cocaine i checked then fired all of the miners in the labor union. They were super generous, of course, and gave them a whole three days to leave their company-owned residences. Cool. Uh, and remember, what cool people. And remember, of course, that these are people who were being paid in coal scrip, so it's not like they had money to go anywhere else. Right. The coal company hired our old friends, the Baldwin Feltz detective agency and got agents to evict minors and their family and presumably like a bunch of sad kittens oh apparently like the first family they evicted the the minor husband wasn't even home and it was just a woman and a bunch of their kids and it was like raining and they threw him out of the house
1: cool i mean cool. what a what a job like what a job to have like what do you honey i'm so glad you've come home from work was it a busy day yep I, uh, kicked some kids in the face while I evicted them from their house. <laughs> they fell right into the mud. It was great. Yes. <laughs> I'm so tired, honey. Could you get their me t- teddy bears. Could you get me a glass of scotch? So, it was, it was really shitty,
0: and if you take nothing else away from this, it should be that the Baldwin-Feltz detectives were absolutely and positively these fucking guys. The fucking worst. Uh, the local government was actually super cool on this one. Uh, and on April 27th, 1920, local officials arrested uh, the head of the goon squad, uh, Baldwin Feltz agent Albert C. Feltz, for illegally evicting miners of the Burnwell Coal and Coke Company as punishment for union activity. God help me. I don't know what law they were breaking, but I'm certainly glad it's a law. <laughs> and now that I've said that, a bunch of people are probably going to tell me it's the First Amendment and I'm a dumbass. But, uh, look, I had my chance to go to law school and I didn't go. And now I have no student loan debt. So who's laughing now? Ay. <laughs> <laughs> Mingo County Sheriff. Mingo. Yes. Uh, Maytuan, uh was in Mingo County. West Virginia just playing it fast and loose. Yeah. Uh, Mingo County Sheriff G.T. Blankenship negotiated with the miners that as long as only Mingo County officials enforce the eviction notices that the miners would peacefully comply. So it's still shitty that they're being evicted, but can't you just see this, like, stony folksy man trying to talk to enclaves of miners about keeping the peace?
1: So, yeah, so essentially they're like, hey, look, hey, look, we're still gonna kick you out of the house, but we won't, like, physically kick you. Unlike those detectives over there. Yes. Like, we're not going to actually kick your children in the face into the mud during the pouring of the rain. We'll just, like, ask you very nicely. Pretty much.
0: Despite the shitty threats and fallout, miners in Mingo County continued to join the United Mine Workers of America, and by May 17th, 1920, the UMW set up a tent colony for evicted miners outside of
1: Meituan. Mm, They kept joining the Union? So weird. It's almost as if their conditions were shitty as hell. It's almost like it's literally the only recourse they had. Oh, my God. We should definitely destroy unions. Like, unions are ruining the country. So, two (laughs) days... (laughs) <laughs> Two days after
0: they set up the tent colony, um, on May 19th, 13 agents of the Baldwin Feltz Detective Agency returned to Maytown to evict miners from the Stone Mountain Coal Corporation housing. Apparently, between their last visit and this one, Albert Feltz, who was heading up the dumb bad guy contingency, tried to bribe the mayor $500 to let the agents put machine guns on the roofs.
1: What? <laughs> These guys are so extra. (laughs) But the mayor refused. Good for him, but wow. They're just extra. I was expecting, like, could we just have baseball bats or something? It's like, no. Machine Machine guns guns (laughs)
0: mounted on the roofs. (laughs) Uh, This is relevant only in that it is fucking ominous. And truly, these guys are, like, so
1: clearly the bad guys that it's stunning. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like, When you watch like a Scooby-Doo cartoon and the first person you meet is some sort of white business dude who's like, hello, fellow children. Don't worry about me. (laughs) I am just very legally trying to get this real estate deal in place. (laughs) I hope this old lady's disappearance has nothing to do with me. (laughs) I mean, it's basically like Skeletor. I don't (laughs)
0: even understand how in these guys' world they were doing the right
1: thing. Like, what? Some people don't care. Some people just really want to kick kittens into the mud. It's so, like the people in the Death Star. Did they ever think, like, we are helping blow up this entire planet full of innocent people. Is that perhaps making us the villains? I, I am mean, wearing all black.
0: Our, you know, our, our faces are literally withering and our
1: eyes are turning red. But are we the bad guys? Are we the bad guys? Does Stephen Miller ask himself that? <laughs> Looking into a mirror. Looking like, why am mir- I aging so quickly? Looking into a mirror upside down from where he hangs <laughs> from the ceiling in the
0: White House basement. Am I the bad guy? No, he no. can't because he doesn't show up in mirror reflections. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. He... Oh, oh, God. Oh, Stephen God. Miller. Uh, so the Baldwin Feltz agents were challenged by noted stony heroes, Maiton Police Chief Sid Hatfield and Maiton Mayor Cable Testerman, who was the same one that said, No, you can't put machine guns up on I'm sorry. all of the roofs. Testicleman? Testerman. Ah and they contested the agent's authority in the town. So, like, if the mayor himself is trying to kick you out of the town, mm-hmm. you're the bad guys, dummies. You're the bad guys. The Baldwin Feltz agents were like, ooh, but we've got permission from a local justice of the peace, Of the peace. <laughs> a justice of the, of the peace, uh, which, even if that were true... I feel like that shouldn't trump the actual elected mayor shouting, "Get out of town, sunny boys!"
1: Mm-hmm. Like we only got room in this town for one of us, and I'm the literal mayor. <laughs> the literal mayor, Testerman.
0: No guns. No. Um, except there were guns, uh, because the evictions drew a crowd, and it was a heavily armed crowd. It sounds like West Virginia. Sounds like West Virginia. (laughs) Um, So the agents, I guess at some point in all of this decided it was a good idea to take a, I'm assuming very uncomfortable lunch break at a local restaurant. And when they were walking from the restaurant to the train station to leave Meituan, they were confronted once more by police chief Sid Hatfield and Mayor Testerman. Both Hatfield and Baldwin Feltz agent Albert Feltz, reported that they had warrant for for the other's arrest. <laughs> it's like the Spider-Man meme. No, it's you. Yes, you. <laughs> I'm arresting it's like you! I'm going to arrest you, but not if I arrest you first. first. Just like what? Uh. Um, but upon inspection, Mayor Testerman claimed that the agent's warrant was fraudulent.
1: What a shock! Again. I, mean, I don't know where else, the, uh, like, what else authority are they going to get? Well, that's why they're like, under... we got it from a justice of the peace. What's his name? Um, Justin Piecerman. Piecerman. Peace.
0: <laughs> I have no clue how the mayor would know that the warrant was fraudulent, but I'm,
1: I'm well, definitely it was trusting on Bazooka Joe Rapper. <laughs> <laughs> Arrest, please, is what it said. It's like this is clearly not. Yeah, I'm I'm also, like, trusting
0: his judgment over the obvious bad guys.
1: The villains of our story. You don't trust us in our black uniforms with skulls on them? (laughs) Then who can you trust? Who can you trust? The thing was ultimately less
0: Three Stooges and more Deadwood, though, because people did start shooting. Woo! Uh, There was basically a ring of armed disgruntled miners surrounding the whole scene as it was going down. Um, in buildings on the main streets, and on the streets, and on the side streets. Wily West Virginians all over the place. (laughs) Wild and wonderful West Virginians. Full of guns! Full of guns. (laughs) So obviously each side has a vested interest in saying it was the other guy's fault, so some reports indicate that Baldwin Felt's agents attempted to arrest the police chief and shot Mayor Testerman when he intervened on Hatfield's behalf, Other reports indicate that Hatfield initiated the violence either by firing himself or by signaling a prepared ambush. But in either case, the shootout resulted in ten deaths, um, including Mayor Testerman, two minors, and seven Baldwin-Feltz agents, including Baldwin-Feltz Agency's chief, Thomas Feltz, younger brothers, Albert and Lee. So he gonna be mad. Yeah. And the mayor died. Yeah. That's bad. Sweet Mayor Testerman who wouldn't let them put machine guns on the roofs. Poor one what out a, for Mayor what Testerman. What a bold stance. What a, a bold, bold man stance. <laughs> so again, later uh Thomas Feltz, who was the head of the Baldwin Feltz agency and his two younger brothers died in the Battle of Maituan. Oh, it's a, it's a battle. It's the Battle of Maiton or the Maychuan Massacre, depending on who you talk to. Okay. But he spread rumors that uh, Sheriff Hatfield actually shot the mayor
1: because he had feelings for the mayor's wife. Yeah, of course. Like, the liar has no reason to lie about anything. He's just telling the truth. The liar.
0: And, like, it defi- like that definitely wasn't the case, although it wasn't helped that Hatfield definitely married Testerman's wife after all Well, of this. there's probably
1: three women. There's probably three women. <laughs> And, and they're all the, related. They're all related, and he's the only single one mm-hmm. now, so... Mazel tov. <laughs> Um, Yeah,
0: like, this rumor makes no sense in the context of what actually happened, so I'm just peppering it in as fun gossip, although, like, fun is probably overstated. Are you
1: telling me that liar is lying? Liar might be lying. <laughs>
0: Uh, the battle was hailed by miners and their supporters for the number of casualties inflicted on the Baldwin-Feltz detectives. Yay, West Virginia! <laughs> so, the governor ordered the state police force to take control of Matuan. Capfield and his dudes, they cooperated, they stacked their arms... It says they stacked their arms outside the hardware store. It's guns, but I am just imagining them, like, cutting the arms off the Baldwin-Feltz. Corpses and just stacking them outside the hardware store is, like, a sign. <laughs> <laughs> just very grim. Very medieval. Yeah. Um, the miners, encouraged by their success in getting the Baldwin-Felts detectives out of Metron improved their efforts to organize. On July 1st, the miners' union went on another strike and widespread violence erupted. Railroad cars were blown up, and strikers were beaten and left to die by the side of the road. Which is a very bad use of passive voice, Wikipedia. Yeah, railroad cars were blown up, strikers were beaten and left for dead. Who's to say by who? Um... (laughs) We don't know what happened. (laughs) Could have been anything. Uh, The West Virginia government declared martial law and sent federal troops to quell the strike, but backed down after threats of a general strike of all Union coal miners in West Virginia. Hey! Which is like, she ain't worth it, mate. (laughs) (laughs) We need the money. Let them die. Um, Tom Feltz, who I imagine in... Tom uh, Felton? Tom Felton? No, Tom, Tom Feltz, B- who I am imagining like <laughs> in the top window of a tower, gazing back to the camera, <laughs> looking out a window, remembering his two dead idiot goon brothers.
1: <laughs> you know that he was like the smart one, and like his two younger brothers were real dumb, but he, he like tried really hard to take care of them, but also teach him in the ways of evil. So now that they're dead, he now that they're dead, he's like, they might have been stupid, but they were my brothers. <laughs>
0: Um, so yeah, Tom Feltz, the last remaining Feltz brother and head of the uh agency of obvious bad guys
1: again. So Obviously you know who the we're smartest about. and the meanest of the brothers. Smartest
0: and the meanest one, uh, sent undercover operatives to collect evidence to convict Sid Hatfield and his men of the murder of his brother. Mm. Somehow it's like only the murder of Albert Feltz, and they don't seem to care about Lee. He only gets mentioned like the one time as like he also got murdered. Well, Lee was
1: particularly dumb. Yeah, we...
0: <laughs> Lee was like uh, the hyena brother that was he in was it. Dead. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, He was Ed. He couldn't even talk. Just throw him at his cannon fodder. Like, I don't know what's going on with that. All of the charges against Hatfield and the other dudes were either dismissed or they were acquitted. Which mm. is great for the story, but also so such an unbelievable example of bias right that i am not at all surprised that west virginia had to enact a law after this that said uh so in these situations you might want to pick jurors from another county
1: i don't know that sounds like that might be reasonable i don't know know. maybe Uh. Um,
0: baldwin felt's detectives assassinated hatfield and his deputy Ed Chambers on August first, nineteen twenty-one, on the steps of the McDowell County Courthouse. The fucking audacity. Just wide open. Just, Just wide, wide open. Just wide open In front of everybody. Like they killed Hatfield immediately and then apparent this was also in front of their wives.
1: Oh yeah, the the the, the three the three women. The three women yes, that live here. Yes, two of the
0: three women. <laughs>
1: Miss <laughs> Testerman Hatfield
0: and the other one. The other one. <laughs> and like apparently they just kept shooting Chambers, even though like his wife was like, Could you could you stop doing that? He's clearly dead. I'm right here. <laughs> I'm right here. He's clearly dead. Could you back off Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, so the miners were understandably angry at the way that Hatfield had been killed, and that it appeared the assassins would escape punishment. So this happened in front of the courthouse, and they were not like immediately like, arrested. Oh no! Who
1: could it have who been? Who could it happen? Uh. Mm-hmm.
0: So they began to pour out of the mountains and take up arms.
1: Now that sounds—that does sound some like Lord of the Rings shit. That does yes. sound like goblins coming out of the mountains. If you've ever been to West Virginia, it looks like Lord of the Rings. Um, the only story I have, I've driven through West Virginia. The only mm-hmm. story I have of West Virginia is actually my husband's story. And he was driving through to do a, um, a job and he stopped at this small town to like grab a bite to eat. And he was like, I never, I will never stop anywhere in West Virginia again, particularly at like 11 PM at night mm. because I am the only brown man for miles. And yeah. they look at you like what are you doing here, sir? And in the way that, like, not necessarily in that super racist, like, kind of way, but in a little bit, like... They're so confused. They're very confused, but also, like, you can hear, like, ding-ding-ding-ding-ding-ding-ding-ding in the background. (laughs) So he's like, yeah, I'm never doing that again. Oh, God. I feel the need on behalf of
0: all Virginians and Southwest Virginians to point out, though, that deliverance takes place in Georgia. (laughs) <laughs> as I pause to uh, open another drink I do want to give a shout out to Susie cream cheese uh, who gave uh as um, Christmas gifts to ren and I uh custom wine tumblers mine says your auditory power bottom and mine it's, says your vocal top it's so great. Also, my father got me a pillow that just says The Void for screaming. For screaming into. We, ha-
1: we <laughs> haven't gotten there yet. This next part might do it for you. Mostly, I've just been like, I mean, obviously, like, there are a lot of assholes in this story so far. I mean, there's all the goons, all the goons. There's the coal companies and barons. Yeah. And, you know, capitalism in general. Um, but I'm also just like, kind of like, astounded because just like the, the, there are words like machine gun mounted armored tray like I just you know the bull, moose the bull moose special like there's things like that where it's like I''m, I'm my outrage is tempered by my astonishment. yeah that,
0: that is a good way to put it. Oh boy um, so so let's sort of remember the timeline of this. Hatfield gets assassinated on August 1st, and then miners along the Little Coal River um, were among the first to militarize. They began uh, actions such as patrolling and guarding the area. Sheriff Don Chasen, who is from, like, nearby Logan County, um, he sent troopers into the Little River Coal area to break this up. And the armed miners captured the troopers, disarmed them, and sent them fleeing. All right, which was a nice
1: moment in all of this. I mean, there's no, sh- there was no shooting. We there was to- no. We took
0: the shooting. guns and we said go home. We said go home. Goodbye. Goodbye. And then on August seventh, nineteen twenty one, um, leaders of United Mine Workers in Southern West Virginia called a rally at the state capitol in Charleston. Um, UMW leaders met with Governor Ephraim Morgan, who I
1: guess they've been through, like, three governors through this yeah, story. Yeah, it does seem like they're, well, they're churning out governors pretty quickly. But again, like, their mayors get shot on, you know, their mayors get shot in the middle of mobs. Yeah, they and have like, to have
0: backup governors. Yeah. Um, backup Governor Ephraim Morgan. <laughs> So, UMW's leaders met with Gov- Governor Ephraim Morgan and presented him with a petition of the Miner's Demands. I could not find anywhere what the Miner's Demands were, but from context, I'm guessing it had to do with, like, hey, actually prosecute these dudes that
1: killed... These people. or dudes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, ma- I imagine some of those demands are, like, could we get paid in money? Mm-hmm. Real, like, real money. Like, the real money? Money would be nice. Money would be nice. Uh, so
0: he just outright rejected the demands, um, and, of course, the miners were pissed. They wanted to march on Tuan and Mingo County to free the miners who had been, like, taken captive during the martial law and martial law and organize the county. Basically put everybody else in the union, because, like, um, when, uh, Tuan and all of that ended, a lot of people went back to work, Uh, Under what's called Yellow Dog Contracts, which basically just means we'll have you back, but you can't join a union. Right. I think those are illegal. They should be. They should be. They should be if they're not. Um, So all that stood between them and accomplishing this goal was Blair Mountain, Logan County, Sheriff Don Chafin. Chafin? Chafin. So this was the dude that had sent the... That's why um, you have to be careful about those asses chaps. They'd, <laughs> they'd be Don Chafin.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Chafe your Don. This is the same guy that sent those troops in, who were uh, summarily uh, captured and disarmed. disarmed. Yeah. So he, this dude's like very anti-union, very pissy because that <laughs> happened, and like it undermined his masculinity. So keep that in the back of your mind. So, starting in August... Toxic masculinity and capitalism. What could God. go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? So, starting in August of 1921, miners began rallying at Lens Creek, approximately 10 miles south of West Virginia State capital of Charleston. At the rally in Charleston, Mother Jones, who's back and I Whoa! guess out of jail. Yay! Um, she told the miners specifically, Hey, don't do this thing. This is a bad idea. You do not have good guns. Yeah, maybe don't do this thing. But did they listen to the sage hero of this episode? Did they run? No, they did not. No, she's a woman still. She is still a woman. Like when that's the third woman. Yeah, <laughs> and she was in jail, so they couldn't marry her. Right. Yeah. Also, I think she's like eighty. That's not going to stop them. Why am I even saying that? <laughs> On August twenty fourth. About thirteen thousand miners, led by some guy named Bill Blizzard, all the information I have, began marching
1: from Bill Blizzard, Radio DJ, DJ. www 8529. <laughs>
0: uh, they began marching from Lens Creek into Logan County, West Virginia. Many of the miners were armed, and some got weapons and ammo from towns along the march's path. And apparently, they commandeered a train. Okay, all right. I mean, trains have featured heavily in this episode. So we are back to Sheriff Don Chase and the other villain of this episode, Chafin. It's Chafin. Chafin.
1: Did I, keep, did I you say Chase again? Keep calling him Chafin, which hmm. is like a weird Jason. <laughs> It's going to be one of the most popular baby names of
0: 2020. Chasen. Tw- uh Chasen. uh Ch- Logan County Sheriff Chafin um, had assembled a fighting force of approximately 2,000 cool. county police, state police, state militia, and Baldwin Phelps agents uh. who have not learned to stay out of it. We're uh. still goons going to goon. Goon's gonna go. Goon's goon. gonna goon. Um gathered these motherfuckers on Blair Mountain to stop the approaching miners in the mountain range surrounding Logan County. Uh Chaffin, surprise, surprise, was supported financially by the Logan County Coal Operators Association.
1: Oh, what a what a shock, what a twist, what an
0: M-night Shyamalan twist we have here. And the fighting force he, he created was dead the whole time. <laughs> Sadly, no. Um, The the group he put together was the nation's largest private armed force. Cool. Cool. All
1: right.
0: The first skirmishes occurred on the morning of August 25th. The bulk of miners were still 15 miles away because they did not march uniformly. Good. That's a gap. Good for the people who wanted to be early. Ye- early bird gets the skirmish. Um, now this... Uh, okay. So pretty much everything from here until the end of what would be known as the Battle of Blair Mountain. Badass name. That is a badass name. Um, Lacks some citation. So take it with a grain of salt, because this is all shit that I found like in some articles but not in other articles.
1: Um, well, I imagine depending on like, sort of what point of view, like, the even the first-person accounts are going to be biased. Yeah. Because also, everybody was so drunk on moonshine. Well, everyone's drunk and shooting at each other, and that's not really a great way to, like, create accuracy. Yeah, I don't say that in,
0: like, a xenophobic way against West Virginians. I say that in a... I guess there wasn't water at this point, because you that's were That's true, they, could, they couldn't so, drink water. The
1: coal barons had taken the
0: water so they away. they were drunk as fuck, maybe, Um, But the following day, so August 26th, President Warren Harding threatened to send in federal troops and and army bombers, so the miners had a long meeting in Madison and went, we're gonna return home. Yay! However... Oh, God. After days assembling his private army... Chaffin quote, would not be denied his battle to end Union attempts at organizing Logan County coal mines. Cool. A man who can't let a thing go. Nope. Uh, so within hours of the miners' decision to turn around, rumors started going around that Chafin's men had shot Union sympathizers in the town of Sharples
1: <laughs>
0: just north of Blair Mountain
1: and that families had been caught in crossfire during the skirmishes. How you tell who's a union sympathizer? Like they're all living in like cabins. I mean, I get I don't know. Like, do you I mean I imagine like you have this private army, you go into a town and you're just like pissed off, and like you still have like your whole like rage boner going, mm-hmm. and you go to someone's door it's like, Hey, do you sympathize with the union surrounded by guns? And the person goes, Yes.
0: Bam blam.
1: <laughs> right. So it's like how how would he know? I, I don't I'm guessing
0: they don't have bumper stickers. I mean, they might on the horse's ass. Coexist. <laughs> Coexist, just <laughs> tattooed on a horse's ass. I I love this rich fiction we have created. <laughs> um. So the miners were pissed. They assumed that these rumors were true. I don't know if they were. I don't. know I mean, know if he they does are. sound like a dude. He who's seems a real like he dick. would. He seems like he would, and he's not alive anymore. And there are so few records. Fuck it. Yeah, he did that thing. So the miners turned back towards Blair Mountain, and uh, many of them were traveling in other stolen and commandeered trains. The commandeered trains only come <laughs> up twice, and.
1: I just imagine, like, there's not that many train tracks, so, like, but the image in my mind is, like, seven train tracks, like, beside each other with trains. Actually, there are a lot of train tracks because they had to move the coal. I mean, yeah, but, like, they're not all next to each other, I don't think. Uh... Aren't they just, like, one and then, like, a little further away there's one? I don't, I don't know, know how train
0: tracks work. I don't know. I'm just imagining these trains like being so commandeered that they're driving off the tracks. But again, just like
1: <laughs> just, just like, like a through van. the dirt. But like yeah, like seven different trains like with Flight of the Valkyrie just like coming in. Yep. People S- hanging off the side. Woo-hoo! Woo! Woo! <laughs> U M W U M W. It was on. It was on. It was donkey on. Con.
0: Chaffin's men, though outnumbered, had the advantage of higher positions in better weaponry, like machine guns. They had a lot of machine guns, mostly. Run them over with trains! Run them over with your army of trains! But also, <laughs> private planes were hired to drop homemade bombs on the miners. What? <laughs> Is this World War One? Like, a really weird World a War I? A combination of gas and, explos- and explosive bombs left over from World War One were dropped in several locations near the towns of Jeffrey, Sharples, and Blair. Which sounds like a great law firm. <laughs> Jeffrey, Sharples, and Blair. Uh, at least one of the bombs did not explode and was recovered by the miners. Stick that with all the other shit in your back pocket. Um... My back pocket's getting real full. You're, Yeah, you're sitting crooked. Mm-hmm. Uh, by September 2nd, so
1: the f- the fighting went on for some days. So, again, like, President Harding had already been like, y'all, knock this shit out, or I'm going to send planes and shit. But when they literally have planes dropping bombs in, Virgi- in West Virginia, he's like, eh, I'm busy. Um, well,
0: beca- because the people dropping bombs were the wealthy campaign contributors.
1: And capitalism strikes again. We're going
0: to get back to Harding someday. Mm. But yes, speaking of, uh, by September 2nd, federal troops arrived. Realizing that he would lose a lot of good miners if the battle continued with the military, Bill Blizzard passed the word for the miners to start heading home the following day. Miners fearing jail and confiscation of their guns, West Virginia... Mm-hmm. Uh found clever ways to hide rifles and handguns in the woods before leaving Logan County. Collectors and researchers are still finding weapons and ammunition embedded in old trees and rock crevices. Neat. That is neat. neat gig. Uh so after the Battle of Blair Mountain, 985 miners were indicted for murder, conspiracy to commit murder, accessory to murder, and treason against the state of West Virginia. And no one from the Goon Squad was, of course. Does not appear.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Though some were acquitted by sympathetic juries, about 550 were convicted and some were imprisoned for years. The last was paroled in 1925, which their acting was a long time after. That was like four years. That's
1: not a very long time. It's not that
0: long, but yeah, okay. Uh, At mining leader Bill Blizzard's trial, the Unexploded Bomb was carded in and used as evidence of the government and company's brutality and he was acquitted. Yeah <laughs> oh 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 I oh. was mm-hmm. 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 suck it <impressed> suck it suck it yeah I was telling this to um boyfriend fiance husband last night and he was like I feel like the reason he was acquitted was because the jury went is that a bomb we gotta go <laughs> we gotta. <laughs>
1: Like, is this a threat? Do we need to leave?
0: So probably at least 100 people were killed during the Battle of Blair Mountain, which was the largest armed uprising since the Civil War, which really had only happened 60 years prior. Yeah. But still. Not that long ago. The fact that only about 100 people were killed is amazing, considering that approximately 1 million rounds of ammunition were fired. So these people could not hit the broadside of a barn.
1: Okay, so they're really bad shots and, like, dropping bombs everywhere. Yeah. So that's cool. I feel like more people died. I feel like that I feel more like definitely died. more people
0: died, but they
1: just were not keeping they track of it. They were not keeping it. track, and it might be, like, one of those, like, oh, man, like, where did that whole barn and its family go? It was right off the edge of the battlefield. I don't know. <laughs> well i'm not having that farmer i don't know
0: let's blame it on native americans
1: well let's yeah let's blame it on let's find a minority
0: to blame it on exactly in the long term the battle raised awareness of the appalling conditions miners face in the dangerous west virginia coal fields and led directly to a change in union tactics in political battles to get the law on labor's side via confrontations uh and to the much larger organized uh, labor victory a few years later during the New Deal in 1933. And that, in turn, led to the UMW helping organize many better-known unions, such as the Steelworkers, during the Mm -hmm. mid-30s. So those were the West Virginia Coal Wars. Wow. Well, capitalism still fucking sucks. Capitalism still fucking sucks. And, like... It is buck wild to me that in our history books nobody talks about the time that like a bunch of, tr- of commandeered planes
1: dropped bombs on bombs the West bombs Virginia on striking laborers. <laughs> yeah, I have never I I have never heard about this. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, now we don't have well, now we don't have like goon squads. We just have lawyers doing slap suits. So, you know, it's just a different battlefield. It's just a different kind of goon squad. Mm. So so I think that was wonderful. I hope you feel like you've really gotten I that off unburdened. your chest. I feel unburdened. I feel like it's maybe time to come up with a little bit of a self-care plan. Mm. Do you have mm-hmm. some self-care tips that you got for I've us? I've got a couple.
0: Um, first and foremost, get out in nature I personally recommend planning a visit to West Virginia or Southwestern Virginia when the weather gets warm enough. It's not now. Unless you're <laughs> listening to this much later. It's January. Join a union. Probably. I'm a social worker at an agency where we don't have one. Sure wish we did. I think. I wouldn't really know. Uh, and three, vote for your own interests. Don't let... Don't let like some fucking capitalist come in and convic- convince you that you can't like vote for something that is going to make your life yeah
1: better. I hey, I've seen the newsies. I totally understand all right. this labor politics. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All so, right. that that's what I've got for you today. I, I was running low on self-care too. I mean, you know, you can also practice deep breathing, which is a lot better if you don't have black lung. So <laughs> <laughs> there, There's one just off the top of my head. I'm really proud so. of that one. Mm. I mean, that's true. Thank you. Mm. So I guess
1: that's going to be all for us this week, folks. If you like what you're hearing, you should check us out on thisfnguypod.com or on Twitter at thisfnguypod, or donate to our Patreon, which we have now. Oh, my God. We do. Actually, I need to look that up because I don't remember oh my the God, website. I don't remember the website for Patreon. I don't. Um, I
0: will say while you are looking that up that we do already have... Um, a uh, Patreon bonus episode just about ready to go if you're interested in that. Uh, it's gonna be me uh, explaining the murder of Good King wenceslaus to my poor unsuspecting family on Christmas Eve. So if that sounds like something you want to hear, then I don't know what's wrong with you, but you should probably give us money.
1: Yeah! Yeah! So, um, I can't find it, but what I'll do is I'll tweet it out. So check again. Check You're our. You're so uh, good at fundraising, Grant. Check, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> again, if you are on our Twitter, um, I'll go ahead and post a link to our Patreon because it exists now. So Gingy cannot yell at me anymore for it not existing. You're right. I can't yell at you for that. Well, if we're gonna split
0: hairs. <laughs> As always, I'm Ginger Gollum. I'm Ren Martinez. And here's a bonus self-care tip. Your mother's comments about your weight only reflect intergenerational body dysmorphia and compacted body trauma
1: and aren't really about you. Hmm. And don't be this fucking guy. Peace! Peace! This fucking guy.